Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Burnley game this coming Sunday at Anfield. Joining us once again, we have Jay Riley. You can catch Jay on tomorrow's Radio City Fan Friday talk show. If you're listening um, on Friday, it'll be at, uh, what time is it, Jay? 8.45? Yeah, 8.45, just previewing the weekend's game and talking about what's just gone on the week before. Spot on, yeah. And also joining us later on in the show, we will um, he'll be, be catching up with his Natalie Bromley from the No, Nay, Never podcast for the Burnley side of things this evening. So, Jay, we're going to start off with yourself. We're going to look back towards last Sunday's Merseyside derby game. We've come away with a point, nil-nil draw. Quite disappointing, really. We had a few um, clear-cut opportunities, really, especially with most Salah. Um, first half and second half, really. But just give us your overall views on the on the the performance and how it affects us um, going into the title race for the rest of the season, please, Jay. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to say it was very disappointing, really, wasn't it? Because for such a long time now, Liverpool have had this this title that we want to we want to achieve. We've had it in our own hands and. You know, we've we've been in a situation where we had the opportunity to go seven points clear, and now we find ourselves one point behind, and it's just frustrating, really. I mean, you know, normally you would say an away game at Old Trafford, an away game at Goodison Park. If you, if you get a draw, you get a point. To, you know, both venues after winning the Anfield games, then it's not the end of the world. But the circumstances that we found ourselves in after drawing nil-nil at Old Trafford, which again was a bit disappointing because of the circumstances involved. Really, we needed the three points in this game, and I spoke to Naya, you know, the lead up to the derby game about how important it was for Liverpool to to carry the momentum that we that we got from the Watford game when we won five nil in the midweek to carry it forward into the derby game and kick on from there and basically start winning games of football regularly because we've drawn far too many games and that's the reason why Manchester City were breathing down our necks and it was important for Liverpool to get the three points. But it just wasn't to be. I mean, I thought in the first half, for the majority of the game, really, Liverpool were in control. Pretty much like the game against Manchester United, but 
it's all right having the ball retention and you know the supremacy there, but when you're not against United, didn't really create much. But against Everton, it was I thought our passing was very sloppy at times, and I thought you know certain players, Genie Wijnaldum was one culprit for me where. He's had a fantastic season. He's arguably been our best central midfield player consistently throughout the campaign. I know Fabinho has been very good the last couple of months, but Wijnaldum has been the most consistent of a lot of them. And I thought he was very poor at Goodison on Sunday. And, you know, he was one of the culprits with the passing was really off, I thought, in the first half. But that said, Liverpool was still the better side and Everton didn't even really have a shot in the first half. He was just trying to contain us, really. And, Mo Salah had a, an unbelievable opportunity when he, he went raced through clean, clean through one goal and his touch let him down really for me and it was just a poor finish straight to Pickford and you didn't only ever Tony and saying oh fantastic save by Pickford but I thought it was a poor effort by poor strike really a lack of composure by Salah straight at the goalkeeper and you know very disappointing that he never put us in front there and then. You know, like I say, second half, I thought Everton improved a little bit. And, and I think Klopp's idea was, you know, Everton would put a lot into the first half and the first hour maybe to try and contain Liverpool. And then they'd tire towards the end of the game. And that certainly wasn't the case, really. But we still had another great opportunity. Mo Salah again went clean through on goal. And I thought really he should have squared it to Wijnaldum, but decided to go for goal and it was great to defend really by Michael Keane but it just showed you that Mo Salah lacks a, lacking a little bit of confidence in front of goal at the moment because he should really have just stuck it with his right foot if he wasn't going to pass it to Wijnaldum and sort of like got caught in two minds and took that little extra touch and it allowed Keane to get across and, and you know intercept it really but Fabinho had a chance as well and instead of taking that little extra touch that he did he should have just really hit it towards goal but we had the opportunities to win the game. There's no two ways about it, but it wasn't a very good Liverpool performance. And it just frustrates you, really, doesn't it? Because, you know, before the game, we were hearing, like, Jordan Henderson had come out in the press saying, you know, we're, we're, there's, there's no pressure on us. I mean, you know, no added extra pressure, you know, pressure playing for Liverpool day-to-day anyway. But we're revelling in the pressure. Well, I don't think they are. I mean, four draws in six games doesn't show any signs to me that they're revelling in the pressure of this title running. Um, and then Virgil van Dijk did say as well the night before the game that we'll want this derby victory more than Everton. And basically, I sort of like wasn't too impressed with that either, to tell you the truth, because I'd, I'd much rather our players just keep them out shut really and do the talking on the pitch because in the past Asian Lovland's been very guilty of things like that hasn't he talking himself up talking the team up and then it comes back to haunt them comes back to bite us and that's pretty much what happens again in the Merseyside derby really where you know we, we knew full well we needed three points in that game and I just don't think there's any point in the players in doing interviews because you know it, it just doesn't work in our favour at all and you know, it comes back to bite you a little bit and and I'd much rather they just perform on the pitch really and do the talking there rather than in the media because it just doesn't serve a purpose for me. Just add you know, it's just added pressure, isn't it, on the situation that we're in. Um but you'd have to say you dis- you've got to be disappointed with Klopp as well in the derby because let's get one thing straight here. We all know he's a fantastic manager, but he's certainly not above criticism and and, and I get the impression some people and some fans they're afraid to have a go at them in, in certain situations. And, you know, 
he's he's not above criticism. I mean, his substitution at Old Trafford the other week was a shambles, really, putting, you know, Daniel Sturridge on with more than an hour of the game to go. And we all know Daniel Sturridge can't run properly. He hasn't got the legs no more. He's finished. As soon as this season's out, he should be out the door. He's not good enough. Um, but the same type of scenario happened against Everton in the derby. When Liverpool really could have done with winning that game, he puts on James Milner and Adam Lallana, and it's just absolutely baffling when you know the onus is on Liverpool to go and win the game and try and force the issue and get the three points because it's what we needed to keep the title in our own hands. And you put James Milner on, and, and like, look, James Milner is a fantastic professional, but he's the type of player you put on if Liverpool, if he's not going to start the game and he's on the bench, which he was on Sunday, he's the type of player that you're going to put on on to sort of like to keep hold of a lead if you like if you want nil up you've got your nose in front not really when you're chasing the game and the same can be said about Lallana as it could for Daniel Sturridge why would you put Adam Lallana on the lad hasn't really had a good game for Liverpool for two years he's been injured for 18 months of it he's finished his legs have gone we've been saying it time and time again so absolutely baffling substitutions by Klopp you've got Shaqiri sat on the bench you've got Naby Keita sat on the bench and it just didn't make any sense to me, none whatsoever. Um, and, and, and also, the after-match interview with Klopp, like, you know, people were at, the journalists were asking him questions and he, he seemed to get the ump with it, didn't he? You know, saying, I'm very disappointed that you're asking me this question and that question. Well, I'm sorry, Jürgen, but I think most normal people and level-headed fans did think it was a bit bizarre, so I don't blame the, the media and the journalists for asking them them questions. It's going on about football manager and all that. Well, I'm sorry, but he's not above criticism, and he certainly made a mistake in that game, and he made a mistake against Manchester United as well. So this is not just a knee-jerk. It's not just one mistake. It's two massive games of football away from home, and the manager hasn't helped either. You can go on about the players freezing and the players not handling the pressure, but the manager has made mistakes in them two big games for me. So, all I can say is we have to move on from it now and we have to hope and pray that them points that we got, the one at Old Trafford and the one at Goodison Park, prove to be vital points when it comes to May at the end of the season. And if we win the title, fantastic. But if we don't, there's certainly two games where you'd look back and say, very disappointing. You never went for the victory at Old Trafford when they were out on the feet. They were there for the taking. And pretty much again, like Everton, no disrespect to Everton, I know they raised the game. I know the fans were up for it. I know the haters were a passion. I know they don't want us to win this league title. But the facts are, they're a mid-table team. Liverpool have simply got better players than them. I would not have any of their players in our starting eleven. And really, they're a mid-table team. And you've got to be beating these mid-table teams, getting three points. And, you know, the facts are, we never, and we dropped two points again. And, you know, we've just got to move on from it now. But, you know, there was a lot wrong with that derby performance. And, you know, we need to rectify it against Burnley at the weekend on Sunday. Right, okay, Jay. Um, yeah, and just going back and looking into into your point regarding the substitutions a little bit more in depth there. Obviously, he, he's brought James Milner on um, and he's left Shakiri and Cater on, on the bench. Also brought Adam Lalana on. Now, a lot of people are saying that he, he's done this to, to protect the point, if you like. Um, Everton seemed to have got a little bit of a foothold in the second half, putting a little bit of pressure on. Um, is that the way you think that, that Klopp's done it? Instead of going for the win, he, he's played it conservative uh, and brought these players on to take the point and not go for 
three points. Well, that can be the only explanation, but it, it's a massive gamble and a massive risk because, you know, from having, was it two or three months of the season where the title was in our own hands because we'd, we'd done so fantastically well in December time and I think we won seven or eight on the spin, didn't we? And Man City slipped up a couple of times and Liverpool were in a position with the titles being in our own hands for a long time now. But he's took a massive gamble there, hasn't he, by doing that? Because he's sort of like preempting further into the season, Man City are going to drop points. And there's no guarantees of that, is there, Peter? You know, this is a very good Manchester City side. They've just won eight of the last nine games. Mm. They could very well win their last nine games on the spin. Who knows? They're capable. You know, last season they were fantastic. They got 100 points. And at Christmas time, when they'd lost four games, they were saying they got 100 points last year. They're not going to get anywhere near it this time around. The facts are, if they win their last nine games, there's not a single thing Liverpool can do about it because they'll win the league by a point, even if we win all nine of ours. And they'll get, they'll finish the season on 98 points, two points less. So we're not talking about a team that are. Who are dodgy here? We are talking about a fantastic football team who are, who are now chasing down, who have actually been chasing us down. So they've given us a chance. They've lost four games this season, they lost two last season. So by doing what he's done, it's it's a massive risk. Because can you honestly see Liverpool winning all of their last nine games of, of what we've got remaining? We could do it, but then there's just Be as much chance yeah. as us. There's just as much chance as us dropping points as there is Man City. So now we're in a position yeah. where we sort of like need to better what they do. And yeah, okay, fair enough. There's maybe there is a method to the madness, and hopefully he'll be proved right come May, and we will win the league. But I just think it's a massive risk. And you know, when when the title was in our own hands, we weren't really coping with the pressure very well then as it was. So I wonder now how we'll cope with the pressure of actually chasing. Because we're going to be in a situation where, I mean, obviously City play before we do it this coming weekend. So they're probably going to go four points clear of us. So even on Sunday against Burnley, if we win the game, get three points. We know in our own minds we're not going to go back top of the table. Then the following weekend, it switches a little bit because they're in the FA Cup, aren't they? And Liverpool do have a league game. So that's vitally important to then go into the international break to make sure Liverpool are top of the table to put a little bit of pressure back on City but you know it's a massive gamble and like I say it's one of them situations I've said time and time again on these podcasts that who am I or who are you or anyone else to to second guess Klopp or to criticise Klopp because he's the manager that's you know we've lost one game all season and it's quite remarkable to think the 29 games into a league season we've only lost one game we've only conceded 15 goals yet we're not top of the league it's absolutely incredible. It's like it's a, it's a, it's almost like we're, we're cursed because this season Liverpool have played in a way that it's been a lot more methodical than last season. Anyway, when we were scoring goals for fun, I think we've still scored quite a lot of goals, but the goals seem to have dried up a little bit since the turn of the year, haven't they? I mean, yeah. you know, you look at the fact that yeah, we put four past Palace when we won four three. We beat uh, Watford 5-0 and we beat Burnley, Bournemouth sorry, 3-0. But other than that, we've just been getting ones and obviously a couple of zeros against Everton and, and Manchester United. Um, you know, We got one against Leicester, one against West Ham, one against Brighton, one against City when we lost at uh, the Etihad. So we haven't been as free-flowing, have we? But that could be said for the majority of the season, really. We haven't really been on it. Not as good as last season, certainly not. Where we have improved is the defensive side of our game. 
it's fantastic to concede only 15 goals. I think Allison's got 17 clean sheets now. It's incredible, really, that side of it. But, you know, that's what the foundations are built on and title-winning sides are normally built on. But, unfortunately, we're coming up against a freak opposition in, in Manchester City who somehow, after losing four games of football this season in the Premier League, find themselves a point ahead of us. And it's just unbelievable, really. It really is. And all we can hope for now is for the, for the slip from them because, you know, if there's one team that could go and win nine on the spin, it's certainly Man City, and and, and you, you you do feel a bit deflated, you know. I'm not I'm not giving up, of course I'm not, but you know any confidence that I had that we were going to win this league title, it certainly waned quite a lot now because you know when you draw four of your last six in the Premier League, I know you're not losing games of football, but drawing games of football is just unconvincing, isn't it? And something we've got to we've got to step it up. And I don't know whether a change in system and maybe that'll happen at the weekend against Burnley. I don't know, but something's got to change because we are in a little bit of a rut. And I'm I'm, I'm very disappointed, really, because you know when I, I did say didn't I after we beat Bournemouth and we won three 0 could have been six 0 and the, the the frustrating part of that was we then went at a ten day gap because we were out of the FA Cup, so we we went to Marbella, warm weather training. And it disrupted the the, the moment, any momentum we had, or any any fluidity or tempo or rhythm, because we hadn't played the game of football for ten days. Now, after beating Watford five 0 we seem to have got our mojo back, and the fluidity was there. We were fantastic. Mo Salah was great, even though we never scored. He was fantastic that night. And a couple of days later, it's like we lost our mojo at Goodison Park. It's just absolutely baffling. It's frustrating, and you feel like pulling your hair out and. You know, we want this league title so much. You know, it's it's been such a long time. And and I think, yeah, we do have to be calm. We do have to show a little bit of patience as fans as well. But it's very difficult. It's very hard because you were so close now, touching distance. And we've shot ourselves in the foot. And all of a sudden, from being in a position where the title was in our own hands, all of a sudden we're playing, you know, we're chasing City now. And maybe it'll suit us. Hopefully it will. But, you know, at this moment in time, it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah, and just going back to, to the point that you made that Liverpool sits second in the league, having only lost one game all season. Reading a few of the articles this weekend and listening to a few of the, the pundits, do you think that Liverpool are not getting the credit they, they deserve for, for closing the gap on Manchester City this season? Um, for, obviously, we was a lot further behind this time. Last season, do you, do you think that they're not getting the the credit they deserve for for the way they've played and and for the for the form, if you like, before this this minor hiccup that we've had, Jay? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very difficult, isn't it? Because as I said there before, we've got to remain calm, we've got to be patient. It's just we're so eager, aren't we? We want this title so much, and because we've engineered ourselves into a position where. You know, we could have went 10 points clear at one point and then it was seven points clear and then all of a sudden it's been whittled down and now we're a point behind. And It's horrible, isn't it, really, that we're in this predicament, in this situation. But when you take a step back, it is quite remarkable that we've closed the gap. I think they finished 25 points ahead of us last season. So to be in a position we're in with nine games remaining, a genuine title challenge and only be a point behind them, you know, if you want to put a positive spin on it, yeah. 
you know, it, it is fantastic and we should be applauded for it and, and, and Klopp as well. But you can't help but feel a little bit deflated because of the way the season's panned out and because we've only lost one game and we don't hardly concede any goals. And it, it's just, I, honestly, if, if we get to May and we end up coming second, be, be, be the, the nearly men again, if you like, as we were in Kiev last season in the Champions League final. But yet we only lose one game. We draw another couple between now and May and win the rest of them. But it's just not quite enough. And City win the league. I just, I, I honestly, I would think we were cursed. I mean, go back to 2009. We lost two games all season that year under Rafa. And we beat Man United home and away. We've done a double over them. And we still didn't win the league. United won it by four points. This season, Liverpool could arguably only lose one game out of 38 and still not win the league. So you telling me we're not cursed because it would absolutely feel like that way to me. Because yeah. I know don't really want to be going covering old grounds here, but I go back to the Champions League final last year. Now, I'm not being funny or nothing, but when has Mo Salah ever gone off in any game of football injured? Can you ever remember a game Champions other than League that? Final, Champions... yeah. That's the only time I can ever remember him going off in a game of football for Liverpool injured. Now, have you ever seen a mistake like what Carrius done where he rolls it out to the onrushing centre-forward of the opposition? Have you ever seen that in Sunday League? You know, you coach football teams. You know, like you coach, you you you, you run football teams. Have you ever seen anything like that with the kids that you teach? No. So, okay. When it was 2-1, right? Well, even Gareth Bale's goal, what a fantastic footballer he's been over the years. He was great at Tottenham. He's done well at, at Real Madrid. He's won four European Cups. But he's never, ever scored a goal like he has he had that night in Kiev. Now, that was an absolute freak. And when the game's 2-1 to Real Madrid, Manny hits the inside of the post. Instead of it going in, it comes out. And then, lo and behold, what does Carrius then go and do? Throws one in his own net. You know, Gareth Bale, swinger, right down his throat. And instead of just either punching it clear or keeping hold of the ball, he puts it in his own net. So what I'm saying is what could have went wrong in that final went wrong. It was almost like we were cursed that night in Kiev. And people might say, oh, stop moaning about it. But when you, it's still raw. It's still fresh in my mind because it was absolutely unbelievable the sequence of events that happened that night in Kiev. It was just like as though we were destined to not win it because of the circumstances of what happened. And I'm looking at this now thinking... Please, God, don't let a similar type of scenario occur, you know, again this season where we've lost one game all season and, and there's a big possibility that we won't win the league. It's madness. If we go back to 2014, you know, Gerard, the huddle when we beat Manchester City at Anfield and his words were, this does not slip. And what goes and happens, the next home game, obviously we went to Norwich and won. The next home game, home to Chelsea, Steven Gerrard slips. And they go and score. Yeah. Denver Bar scores. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's like we are cursed. And this season, we've been top for such a long time. We've been top once again at Christmas time. You know, Manchester City haven't been as good this season. They've lost a few more games. They've given us opportunities. As I say, we had the perfect chance to open up a seven-point lead when they lost against Newcastle. And in, in a strange kind of way, their defeat at Newcastle affected Liverpool more than it affected Man City. Because Liverpool just mm-hmm. froze, got into the shell and drawn four out of the last six games. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm trying to say. It, it, it's so infuriating. I know what you're saying. They've got to be given massive credit for closing the gap. And, and you're right, they do. 
when you take a step back and analyse it with a level head, it's fantastic, the position that we've, we've engineered ourselves in, the improvement, it's there for everyone to see. But you can't help but feel a little bit deflated because, realistically speaking, Liverpool, any other any other season other than the last two, because obviously City were great last year as well. But what I'm saying is most other times, any other team who have been on a run that Liverpool have been on this season, you'd be about seven, eight, maybe ten points clear. And it's typical Liverpool, in my opinion, in terms of modern-day Liverpool. We just need a slice of luck to go our way because we're certainly getting none at the moment. It's like deserted us for the last five years. Yeah, spot on, Jay. And hopefully that, that curse will be ended this season. But, yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on now to towards the Burnley fixture this coming weekend. We talk about it on each podcast, don't we, about our, our lineup, But you've... You've got to put into into context that we've also got Bayern Munich coming up in the midweek. Does Klopp have one eye on that game, or do you see him just going full strength for the for the Burnley game, and uh, and then we take Bayern Munich as it comes on that um, Tuesday or Wednesday evening, whichever night it is. Well, listen, at the end of the day, we all know how important the Premier League is. I mean, we can't neglect the Champions League, but, you know, you've got to take each game as it comes, and the Premier League is certainly priority. And, and I think Klopp knows that. He knows that's how much the fan, it means to the fans, so much to win this Premier League title. And, you know, make no mistake, he, there will be one eye, I suppose, on the Champions League game, but the Premier League game is far more important, really, in my eyes. And, I'm sure he, he will be in agreement with that as the players will as well because, you know, they know it, it'd be such a massive achievement to win this league title and, you know, now because we are playing a little bit of catch-up and we're likely to be, you know, second place, four points behind City going into the game, we've got to get the three points on Sunday. It's an absolute must-win game and, you know, all focus will be firmly on this game and let's be honest, you know, Burnley... Uh, They've had a little bit of an upturn in form, haven't they? You know, I think they were unbeaten for about seven or eight games. Then they did lose last weekend to Crystal Palace at home. But, you know, it's massively important we get the three points. And, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that, you know, everyone knows that this is the the one. You've got to put the the Champions League stuff and the game in Munich to bed and, you know, get this game done and dusted first, the three points in the bag and, we move on to the Munich game then, but yeah, it's going to be huge on Sunday, no matter what anyone says about things. About it, it isn't the, the greatest, yeah, you know, it's a midday kickoff on a Sunday, but still no excuses. It's still got to be rocking, we've still got to make. Um, Anfield has been a fortress for such a long time now, and that trend's got to continue on Sunday. Spot on. So, looking at the game then, Jay, who do you see um, coming into to the midfield? Obviously, Henderson came in. For this one, and and as we spoke about earlier, Shakiri and um, Cater was left on the bench, so not as much creativity as previous games, such as Bournemouth and and Watford, when when we scored three and five goals respectively. So, what would be given your given it was your shout? What would be the start of eleven for you, Jay? Well, I think I think the back four will remain the same because. You know, we're a bit limited there, aren't we, with the fact that Lovren allegedly returned back to training, I believe, today. But he's still going to be a couple of weeks off, probably, isn't he, from starting the game for us. Joe Gomez is still obviously out injured. Trent Alexander-Arnold should be the right-back, there's no doubt about that. 
Um, Robertson's had a little bit of a dip in form, I've noticed, the last couple of weeks. But, you know, what's the alternative, Alberto Moreno? I mean, I might as well play left-back. So, you know, you're going to have to start Robertson there. Um, in the middle of the park, I'd, I'd mix him up a little bit. I'd go 4-2-3-1. So, basically, you'd have two, two in there, you know, in front of the back four. I know that might sound a bit defensive, but what it does do... It frees an extra midfield player then to play a little bit further forwards. And, you know, in my opinion, Fabinho has been fantastic um, the last couple of months. So, to me, he's, he's got to start the game. Who would do, do you play alongside him? Now, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, obviously, Jordan Henderson's the captain of the club. Well, I, I just I don't know whether or not he, he warrants being a starter. I really don't know alongside Fabinho in this system. I mean, Wijnaldum was poor at Everton on Sunday, but he's been very good most of the season. So, to be perfectly honest, I would put Wijnaldum alongside Fabinho. And then it's a toss-up then. What do you do? Do you start Shaqiri or do you start Keita in, in you know, one of the more advanced roles, if you like? And does Salah go up front? And, and you know, see, this is the situation you're in. Personally, I, I wouldn't put Salah as a centre-forward. I, I would like him to be on the right-hand side and basically a similar performance if, if he could do like what he produced against Watford because he was fantastic that night. Um, obviously, Mane on the other side. Firmino should be fit now to start this game. He'll have had a week's training under his belt, you know, fully recovered from his injury. Um, so I'd be basically putting him up front and maybe having Keita just in behind because, you know, Keita needs a run of games and... He was starting to look like he, he was a decent player. He obviously got ability, but he, he was yet to show it in many games this season. Um, but you know, unfortunately for him, he had to miss out in the Old Trafford and never really got his place back. I, I do think the time now is to put him in the side, give him a run of games. Um, but yeah, certainly I would go probably more of a four-two-three-one system. But you know, some people might argue, would you put Cater in the two? And maybe play Shakiri then, and then, but that could be a little bit, could be classed as a little bit too attack minded, if you like. But yeah. then again, that's only my choice. What I'm saying, what I would pick, um, I'm sure Klopp would have other ideas because I don't think he would leave us as open as what like I'm suggesting there with that team. He, and we all know it's very rare for them to not play one of the two of Henderson and Milner. So what I'm saying there is neither of them would be starting the game for me. But as we all know, Klopp likes to play at least one of them, doesn't he? So, you know, I just think something needs to change, though we need to be a little bit more adventurous. Yeah, we've got to have control in games. Of course we do, but it's vitally important now, especially some of these home games we've got coming up. You know, we've got Huddersfield on the horizon as well, and Wolves last game of the season. But in between them, we've got obviously two really tough ones, it's Tottenham and Chelsea. But I just think the certain games that you look at on paper... And 100% they've got to be three points. And one of them is on Sunday against Burnley. And hopefully a little bit more of an adventurous approach from Klopp. Because, you know, the way we played against Everton and the way we played against Man United, it was it was too safe for my liking. Um, yeah, we controlled the games, not massively so, but we had a lot more possession in both games than both the opposition. But again, you know, against Everton, yeah, we did create chances, but... Against Manchester United, we were very poor. I think we've got to get back to the you know more fluidity and, and cohesion, and like basically creating opportunities to score goals. Because you know, let's be honest, Burnley are going to come and try and 
containers. They're, they're going to basically use the big, powerful front men that they've got because they've got quite a few to choose from. I mean, they've got Ashley Barnes, they've got Chris Wood, they've also got Peter Crouch. So they're going to be trying the long ball stuff, aren't they? But, you know, the onus is on Liverpool being at home to pick them apart. And again, if we get an early goal, you know, that should settle us and we should go on and win comfortably. But, you know, this is the time now Liverpool need to step it up. And if if Klopp has been holding them back a little bit, then it's time to release the shackles and let them go for it now because, you know, this is the time where Liverpool really need to stand up and be counted if we want to win this league title. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I agree. We do need to put some um, some sort of marker down on Sunday and, and show Manchester City that we're we're now out of this title race by a long shot and we're we're going to keep going till till the end of May, starting this this weekend. So looking forward to that fixture, Jake. Give us your thoughts on a score prediction and uh, and your reasons for them, please. They're normally always horrible, bitty games against Burnley, aren't they? Especially at Turf Moor, but at least this time around, it's the games at Anfield. And, you know, the weather, by all accounts, is probably not going to be great. And I know people have, have mocked Klopp, haven't they, for saying about the wind in the Derby game last week. But certainly if, the, if there's a deluge of rain and there's massive downpours and this rain does continue you'd imagine it would suit Burnley more than it would suit Liverpool, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's right up their street, isn't it? If it becomes, if the pitch cuts up and it becomes a battle. Scrappy, yeah. Yeah, it could become, you know, a bit like a bitty game and scrappy, as you say. But, you know, it's as we say time and time again, Anfield is a bit of a fortress. Like, you know, Liverpool haven't been beaten at Anfield for nearly two years in the Premier League. And, you know, let's be brutally honest about it. Burnley are... Uh, they haven't got the greatest group of players. They've got a lot of battlers in their side. And, and as I said before, big, powerful presences up front and obviously at centre-half as well. But you, you'd like to think that Liverpool's extra quality and it being an Anfield would see us through. I mean, you know, they always a, a little bit of a, a run of form now, Liverpool, because the, the form in 2019 has been far too patchy. I think we've had, what, 10 games and performed well in three or four of them. It's not being good enough, really, and not for the team that's pushing and wanting to win a, a Premier League title. So the time is here and now, and they've got to do it. They've got to perform, and you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, eh? And let's say that they will, and they'll start on Sunday, and we'll kick on from there, and we will put this massive pressure on City, which which we've got to do. You know, I'd much rather be in this position now, where you know we're fighting for the title and fighting for just finishing in the top four, which is what it's normally been. I mean, obviously, we've had a couple of title run-ins. In the last decade, we've had two, haven't we? 2014 and 2009. So I'd much rather be in this position than, than just fighting for top four. So long may I continue, but we certainly do have to improve a little bit and, and basically put down a marker, as you said before. We've got to put Burnley to the sword. And yeah, it's all about getting three points, but sometimes it's, in, it's the manner of how you get a result and how you, you know your performance levels as well. And when we played Bournemouth and when we played Watford, the performance levels were good and we scored plenty of goals. And hopefully the same will happen again against Burnley. But you know these are a little bit more combative, aren't they, than, than Bournemouth and Watford because they're the type of teams that will let you play. They'll come and have a game of football with you, and you know they they're a bit different, aren't they? Whereas with Burnley, they will try and get in your face a little bit and. The, the more a team of yard dogs, really, if anything else, aren't they? But 
they, they love a battle, they love a scrap. So it might be a little bit different to them two games, but you know, listen, you've got to expect Liverpool to win this game. You know, there's too much riding on it. We need the three points. It's massively important. And but what is also important is that we don't become desperate in the game. You know, we do have to show a little bit of, as I say, patience, but also a bit of composure as well at times, and not not get a bit carried away if if it's not going our way after half an hour, or you know, if it gets to half time and we haven't got our noses in front. You know, we, we do have to be calm about it, but you know, I can't see anything else other than Liverpool victory really. So um, I'll go for it. I do think Burnley may well score though because a set piece or something because they have got some big presences in their side and that's what they're going to target isn't it so even though Liverpool don't really look like conceding many goals and obviously when you can see the 15 Van Dijk's been unbelievable hasn't he been a rock we, we say it time and time again we use the term of Rolls Royce and that's exactly what he is he's the best defender certainly in the Premier League probably in Europe and in the world he, he's fantastic and he's in a rich vein of form but just think when you're coming up against a side like Burnley, you know there is that possibility that they could always sneak one from a set piece or what have you. So I think they may well score, but I think Liverpool will get three. So I'll go for a three-one Liverpool win. Three-one victory for you, Jay. Yeah, and we'll get um, Natalie's thoughts on the on the scoreline predictor um, later on. Yeah, just my own uh, thoughts on a on a scoreline as well for for this this game. Like Jay said, yeah, I think the the weather could play a, an important part. Like, like if the wind's howling and the rain is is bashing down again, like it has done in in previous weeks, then yeah, we do tend to struggle in these games. But um, it's going to be the same for both sides. So it's up to us to just focus on on the performance and getting the three points. Um, I think it'll be like Jay said, a scrappy game. But I just see us beating them by. By a couple of goals, so I'm going to go with a with a two 0 victory um, for Liverpool with a with a goal in each half, and hopefully it won't be too um, too much of a sweat towards the end of the game, and we're we're knocking on the goal, on the door for more goals and not not holding on if you if you know what I mean for the for the points. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll do the end of the show now just in case Natalie um, doesn't join us later on. So thanks very much to um, Jay for. Um, his thoughts on the cop table this evening um, just like to say thanks as well to the at Liverpool online Facebook and Twitter page who've been putting all our podcasts out on their social media platforms this season and also to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign with um, with Paul Bentley and, um, and Lee Butler doing a lot of things over there so yeah check out their, their Facebook and their, their Twitter pages as well which, which I'll tag on to the cop table wants it out this week. So that's the cop table preview of the Liverpool versus Burnley game all done. So thanks very much for your time, Jay. Cheers, mate. Yeah, hopefully uh, three points for the Redmen. Get back to winning ways and uh, enjoy the game. Cheers, Jay. So thanks very much, everybody, for listening. And we will be back with our full and preview for the next fixture. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.
Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more.
Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, "Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.